So don't want to share too much. Next Sunday will be a special service. Um, again, just want to remind the mission team this coming Wednesday at 6 o'clock, there will be food provided. So please, if you're able to come mission team this Wednesday at 6, we're going to talk a little bit about the service, and I want to share some things that God has laid upon my heart. Okay, amen. And if you can't make that, let me know. A couple weeks ago, I'm going to transition here. A couple weeks ago, we began a series, That Which Dwells Within the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a quick recap of where we were at two weeks ago. It was June 6th, and if you remember, we had said that June 6th, or excuse me, June 1st was seven Sundays after Easter. And the timeline was the same time that the Jews celebrated the Festival of Weeks. And that was also the day that Pentecost took place, when the Holy Spirit came in His fullness and in His power. If you remember, I talked about uh, Eugene from Sabina, Ohio, and how he had been gone for 40-some years. You remember he was on display, and he was so well-preserved. And we, we realized that without the Holy Spirit and reigning within, we will be like Eugene, <laughs> We may appear to be alive, but we will be lifeless and powerless, unable to overcome the evil one. We talked about some of the dynamic manifestations of the Holy Spirit in that service, but we also talked about how His presence needs to help us in our Monday through Thursday living. That is not all about mountaintop experiences. Uh, You've heard this phrase, and I experienced it, uh, Dilcon Mountain is right outside of the, the church, uh, church there, and I don't know how high it is, but it was quite the little trek. And I noticed when, uh, when I went up there and, and, and climbed that mountain, there's hardly anything growing up there. It's all rock. Um, just a few little bushes here and there, but for the most part, it's all rock. And the things that are green, the things that are lush, the things that uh, are, are nourished are down in the valley. And that's whenever... We grow, but the Holy Spirit helps us in our Monday through Thursday living. Then we also talked about how God inhabits the praises of His people. We felt the presence this morning, didn't we? We felt the presence of God this morning as we did what? We we began to praise the Lord. That's what excites the Lord. And that's when the Holy Spirit came. He's here within our midst. Right now. Yes. So the presence of God shows up mightily when we praise Him. The mission team saw this last Sunday whenever we were worshiping with the Navajos and they were just worshiping God. And it was a powerful presence. Let's continue on. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to be in us and with us. He came to be in us. Why did he come to be in us? He came to be in us to cause us to act and be like Jesus. Amen? Amen. To display those traits, those characteristics, those qualities that are most like Jesus. We'll get into this more later, but we are Christ ambassadors, church. How we act and how we react represents Jesus Christ. 
the one that we claim resides within us. 2 Corinthians 5.20 So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We are Christ's ambassadors. And as I said, I'm very proud of those who went because they represented Jesus Christ in a wonderful way out in Arizona. He is in us. This reflects every aspect of our lives. Aspects that sometimes we do not want to talk about. What do I mean by that? Aspects that sometimes we really don't want to talk about. We really don't want the Holy Spirit to mess or interfere with certain areas of our life. There's a story that I heard once about a pastor who was late to a meeting, but he got stuck behind a slow-moving vehicle. The pastor began acting very unbecoming. This is not me, by the way. This is another pastor. This is not me. He began to act very unbecoming. He began swerving. You know how you do when you're impatient and you swerve the car to see what is the holdup? There's got to be something in front of this car, but there was no other obstructions. He began honking his horn. He began waving his hands and get out of the way, get out of the way. And he began to get real close to the bumper of the car in front of him. Don't you love it when cars do that to you? Yeah. He was doing everything he could to get around this car. Next thing that he sees is police lights flashing in his rearview mirror. He pulls over not thinking he had really done anything wrong. And the officer asks for his license and registration, as he usually does. And the pastor, trying to calm down, says, Officer, what's the problem? I don't believe I committed any violations, correct? And the officer said, No, I pulled you over for suspicion of a stolen vehicle. You see, I noticed a Jesus fish sticker on the bumper of your car. And the way you were driving and behaving, I thought the vehicle had been stolen. (laughs) See, the Holy Spirit will affect areas of our life that we might not want Him to mess with. (laughs) I heard a quote that said, Patience is a quality that you admire in the driver behind you but you detest in the one in front of you. Let me just read that again. Patience is a quality you admire in the driver behind you, but detest in the one in front of you. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to reign within in order to help us live as Christ lives. We also know that the Holy Spirit has come to be with us. I'll expound on this more later as well. But He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to walk with us to help us. Not just in the big areas of our lives, but in the small areas, in every aspect of our life. I'm so glad for that. Every aspect of our life. Small, medium, big. To be our best friend, that's what He wants to be. To be with us. This too will explore Later, here's a rhetorical question for you. But have you felt and experienced the Holy Spirit in you and with you? Have you ever really experienced the Holy Spirit's presence in you and with you? I tell you, it's impossible. It's impossible to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit and not know it. Right? It's impossible to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit and not know it. 
And if you would say that you have never experienced anything of like what I've been trying to describe, I'd either say you have never truly experienced him to begin with, or, watch out, this is where it affects all of us, or you have allowed the fire to die out. The Holy Spirit perhaps has been gone for so long that you haven't even recognized that He's no longer there. See, the day of Pentecost is significant because it emphasizes how every person can experience the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Every person. Anybody who wants it can have that presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, a force, and I use that word Strongly, he is a force that dictates every move that you and I make in life. Or at least, he should be. He should be a force that will dictate everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And it's a force that transcends cultures and languages. Dave kind of alluded to this. One of the things that moved me the most was last week about this time, minus three hours or so. It happened during their church service. There were, there were times when uh, they were singing a song in Navajo, which is really neat. It's one of the most uh, complicated dialects out there. Um, or the pastor was preaching in both English and Navajo. And to be honest with you, we had just gotten there the day before, um, Really did not know the people. It took a whole week for us to start to get comfortable with them. Um, didn't know, you know, the, as far as the service, what they were going to do. But I was made to feel comfortable. We were made to feel at home, Dave. Why? Because the same spirit that's in Sugar Creek, Ohio, is in Tilcon, Arizona. See, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He transcends cultures. He transcends dialects. He transcends languages. You don't necessarily have to know what they're saying to feel the same Spirit of God. At first we were strangers amongst a different people, culture, dialect, but we were made to feel at home because the same Spirit is everywhere. You see, as the Holy Spirit lives in us, He will come upon us. And at various times in our lives, He will come upon us to cause us to be spiritually minded. He will come upon us to reveal truths contained in His Word. And many times those truths come at just the time that we need it. How many times have you opened up the Word of God and received exactly what you needed for that moment? See, that's the Holy Spirit leading you. That's the Holy Spirit guiding you to that experience. The Holy Spirit, we know, will convict us of sin or wrongdoing. The Holy Spirit will compel us to live a life of holiness. Oh boy, I could go off on that for a while, but we will get to that. The Holy Spirit will cause us to have a passion for Christ. If there's one thing that I do love and appreciate about Dave and Lisa, it's their passion for Jesus. Their passion for Jesus, and that is led by the Holy Spirit. Not just them, but others. The Holy Spirit helps conform us into the image of Christ. Helps conform us into the image of Christ. And the Holy Spirit will control our attitudes and outlooks in life. Say amen or ouch. 
There are times we have to say ouch, though, too. Huh? Sometimes our attitudes just plain stink. Sometimes our outlook on life just stinks. And sometimes we um, chalk it up to just, oh, I'm just tired or just... You see, the Holy Spirit even wants to get into our attitudes and our outlooks in life. (laughs) We're not always very good at that. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to be in every facet of our life. Every day, He wants to do these things. We give Him all of our life. Now listen to me, though. This next point is a huge point. We're still just, uh, last time and today, it's just more of an overview of the Holy Spirit. We're going to start digging. Again, I don't know how long this series is going to go. Um, just a brief overview. But this, is a, this next point is huge. All of this, all of those things that I just put up there and more, He will do, but He will only do if we do this next word. We yield. Only if we yield. Only. If there is one theme that you will hear me talk about throughout this entire series, it will be this theme of yielding. You want the Holy Spirit to lead and guide, to empower and to help you, you must yield and submit to His control. Where's Parker? Parker, I'm not going to ask you to uh, verbally answer this, but do you know what this sign means? (laughs) Parker just got his driving permit, (laughs) okay? And so he had to study all of these signs, so he probably more than anyone knows what that sign means. We talked, and as he was studying the book, looking at the book, he said, Dad, what does this yield sign mean? And we talked about that. What does it mean to yield? You see, the concept of yielding is simple. But the implementation is very difficult. Because what it means is we have to die self. We have to give way. We have to willingly step out of the way so the Holy Spirit can step into control. Amen? Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to come, not to be in the passenger seat, but He wants to be the one driving. But He will not, and this is what I love, this is what I love about our faith. When I say our religion, I don't mean that in a bad way. This is what I love about the true way. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and He will never force His way. It's like, True love can never be forced. It must be willingly given and willingly accepted. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you you and I to willingly put ourselves aside and put Him in control. And you know, it can be a lifelong process. It can be a lifelong process. We must be willing to give the first place to Him. Lord, take the first place in my heart what we need to do that's what we need to do give him first place this is what we mean by yielding ourselves yielding our wills our desires our actions and reactions to him there are some times whenever we are put in situations many times it has to deal with my kids to where i just say god keep me sweet right now just keep me sweet right now (laughs) you've been there done that Not always with the kids. Keep me sweet. 
The Holy Spirit will indeed speak to you and guide you. He may use the written word of God. He may use prayer. He may speak to you through others, through life's circumstances, or it may just be that deep sense of His presence. But no matter how He chooses to speak to us, we must yield to the Holy Spirit. We must realize the Holy Spirit will not and cannot be in us or with us or on us unless we fully surrender to Him. If there is, listen, if there is any unrest or any disobedience in your life, He will not be leading the way. If there's some relationship that needs repaired in your life, if there's someone that you don't want to talk to or even look at or go up to or even be around, the Holy Spirit is not going to be flowing through you in order to do what He wants to do with you. And not only that, you will not experience the fullness of His presence if there is some kind of relationship that is not right. Even if you're not the one that really did anything wrong, the Holy Spirit may tap you and say, you know what, you need to go take care of that situation. You need to make it right. Let's face it, life is about relationships. And the Holy Spirit can help us in our relationships. He wants to help us in our relationships. You will not feel or experience the sweet, sweet Spirit and His guiding until you fix whatever is broken. This we'll probably expound on more later as well. Let me try and give you a, to the best of my ability, as I was preparing this, mes- this message This thought hit me, and hopefully you'll get it. Let me try and give a panoramic view of what I'm trying to explain or why the Holy Spirit is so important. Let me ask you just a question. Why are you here? Why are you here? A deep question, isn't it? Have you ever wondered why you're here? Have you ever wondered why God even created you? Was it to satisfy a hidden need that God had? Was it because God was just bored, hanging around in space all by himself, doing nothing? Maybe it was because he was just curious and wanted to know what would happen if he made a bunch of people and put them on the planet in the middle of nowhere. The Bible doesn't specifically say why God made us, but it does say he specifically created us to be unique, above every other thing that he created. What was God's purpose in even creating? What was his purpose in creating the earth, the sky, the universe, the planets, the oceans, the animals, the food? Just two days ago, which blows my mind, we were about, we were not too far away from gazing at the Grand Canyon. Holy smoke. Wow. Why did God really create that spectacle? All of these things, I believe, God created in part for His greatest creation, and that is mankind. He created all of that for you and me. So the next question is, and one that I'm sure God has probably asked Himself a few times down through history, but why would God even create mankind? 
speaking to Moses, he was probably fed up with everyone, wasn't he? Just get rid of these people. I'm just going to start all over. Dave. Yeah. He gets pleasure out of us serving him. So when we serve God, he receives pleasure. Yeah. He created us for that purpose. Amen. You can add that. That's spot on. He also told us why in the garden. We know that God walked with Adam and Eve, and it says in the cool of the day, doesn't it? In the cool of the day. We do not see God walking with any other created thing like that. Now just this fact alone reveals that God longs to have a relationship with us. He longs to be... Listen to this. The God that created the Grand Canyon? Are you kidding me? The God that created what you see... Let's face it, we take it for granted. The God that created the rolling hills out here in Sugar Creek and Tuscarawas County, the God who created all that, He wants to be close to you, to have an intimacy with us, to have fellowship and communion with us, to have someone that He could live with and live in. You know what I think? I think He made you and I to be Special people. What is that uh, Mr. Rogers used to say? You're special? This cardigan sweaters. How many kids has he affected by just saying, you know how special you are? I believe that God created you and you and you and you to be a special people all to himself. A people who would act like Him and live for Him. To have a people who would worship Him. A people who would be a friend to Him and He to us. Mm. But sin messed everything up, didn't it? As it always does. But even after sin messed everything up, God still had a plan. God always has a plan, as Ephesians tells us. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us, praise the Lord, into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure, as Dave talked about. Wow. God's plan for a special people went through a man named Abraham, whom would eventually father God's first declared special people in the nation of Israel. But God's ultimate plan, as we just read, even before the world was created, his ultimate plan would go through his son, Jesus. That through His death and resurrection, everyone could be a special people to God. Law or no law, Jew or Gentile, God said in Romans 9.25, those who were not My people, I will now call My people. And I will love those whom I did not love before 
First Peter says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own, what? Special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were naughty people, but now are the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You realize how special you are? Not just in each other's eyes, you're special to God. Trying to give you a panoramic view of what is taking place here. This is it. I believe this is what God was after the day that He and His Son and the Holy Spirit began creating. Through the shed blood of His Son, we could have our sins forgiven and mankind could finally have that special relationship with God. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? How does all of this pertain to the Holy Spirit? Hear me out on this. I believe that God knew that once mankind began being that special people for Him, there needed to be a way to maintain and nourish that relationship. God knew that His Son would one day ascend back into the throne, sit at the right hand of God the Father, and He also knew that mankind would need one, capital O, that mankind would need one to bind His people together, to be a glue to hold them and His newly formed church together. Someone who would guide us, who would lead us, who would empower us, who would help us, who would comfort us, who would convict us. Someone who would help maintain this relationship, who would help the relationship flourish. This is why I believe God sent the Holy Spirit in His fullness on the day of Pentecost. So that we could be the special people of God and then we could stay the special people of God throughout our life. I was tired this morning, but I'm not tired now. Again, I'm not trying to say that the Holy Spirit did not exist before Pentecost. That's not what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit always existed. Let me give you a, a rundown here before I close. As we said a couple weeks ago, in Genesis 1 2, The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth. Then in verse 26 of Genesis 1, we can see how God breathed the breath of life into man. Listen, this breath, think about that. Well, there's something to ponder for a while. Wouldn't you like to just sit in a little painted desert and just think on the breath of God? (laughs) Yikes. The breath of God, it was actually the Spirit of God bringing physical and spiritual spiritual life into the lifeless form of man. In the Old Testament, we can see the Holy Spirit giving the breath of life to Ezekiel. He ushered power. The Holy Spirit ushered power into the land of Goshen as the Israelites were delivered. The Holy Spirit is seen and felt as the body and spirit of Elijah as he was taken up before the Lord. These are just a few of the Old Testament occurrences of the Holy Spirit. 
How about the New Testament? We can see the Holy Spirit as he gave authority to the angel to make Zacharias John the Baptist's father. We can see he gave authority to the angel to make Zacharias mute. But we can also see the influence of the Holy Spirit after Zacharias repented and believed. And the scripture tells us, these are Zacharias' words, now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit. And prophesied, saying, If you want to read what he said, go in the Bible. It's a good story. The Holy Spirit is seen yet again in the form of a dove flying over the Jordan waters. As he becomes the comforter in John, the wind of God in Acts, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, and the gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians. And we see the Holy Spirit's invitation as he said, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. The Holy Spirit existed from day one. But he wasn't just done in the New Testament. What about today or several years ago? He was present the day Martin Luther broke from the Roman Catholic Church when his soul found the truth that said, The just shall live by faith. And the great Reformation movement began. The Holy Ghost burst into the scene in 1735 when the Great Awakening hit America through the ministry of Jonathan Edwards. One person who was present during this revival said this, The preaching of the gospel was attended with the most wonderful power. That's the Holy Spirit. It cannot be doubted that at least 50,000 souls were added to the church in New England. Are you kidding me? The Holy Spirit was responsible for starting the Brainerd's revival, the Puritan revival, the Quaker revival, the Methodist revival. If I had time, and I'll probably send another message, the Asbury revival back in the 1950s and the 1970s. Back to the Methodist revival. Of this event, Wesley tells how he was about He was with about 60 of his brethren. They were praying throughout the night. And quote his words. About three in the morning, as we were continuing instant in prayer, the power of God, the power of God came mightily upon us. Insomuch that many cried out for exceeding joy and many fell to the ground. As soon as we were recovered a little from that awe and amazement at the presence of His majesty, we broke out with one voice. We praise Thee, O God. We acknowledge Thee to be the Lord. This was the beginning of the Wesley's amazing ministry which resulted in a revival of religion all over the British Isles. In this ministry, he traveled 250,000 miles, preached 40,000 sermons, often to 20,000 people at one time. And the Holy Spirit was mighty in power and presence when on October 1st, 1881, in a room with about 30 people in the church of Beaver Dam, Indiana, a man rose up and said this, Why must we divide ourselves into Baptists and to Methodists and Lutherans, and all the others? 
Why can we not live together as brothers and sisters in one great church family under God? The Spirit of God was upon that man, D.S. Warner, when he went on to say that he was forever finished with all religious groups that divided Christian people from each other. Out of this move of the Spirit of the living God, the Church of God movement was born. Maybe I need to go to Arizona more often. It was the Spirit of God that moved upon another man when he wrote these words. The light of evening tide now shines the darkness to dispel. The glories of fair Zion state ten thousand voices tell. For out of Babel God doth call his scattered saints in one. Together, together, all one church composed the body of his Son, O church of God. The day of Jubilee has dawned so bright and glorious for thee. Rejoice, be glad, the shepherd has begun his long-divided flock again together into one. I'm here to tell you, Barsmill Church of God, that the Spirit of the living God is just as real today as He was on the day of Pentecost. And He is willing and He is ready to stir the hearts of His people if we will only what? Yield. If we will only but yield and obey His voice. I don't know what He has in store for the Barsmill Church of God. I believe that it's only good things. We've had a, a spark. We've had a spiritual shot in the arm this past week. I understand. I understand. I've been, a, I've been in church long enough to know that when mission teams come back, and Lisa talked about this the other night, I understand when mission teams come back, we're all excited, we're pumped up, and we're yah yah and rah-rah and all that. But I don't believe that God just wanted us to go out there and, and make a, a, an impact on the Navajo people. He wants us to be changed, to come back here, to make an impact and a change here. And I believe it's one of the reasons why I want to share with the team on Wednesday what God spoke to me about. I don't know what He has in store, but I know that it's one of victory and advancement of the kingdom of God. It's not defeat or retreat. Yours and mine is to abandon our wills, our wants, our selfish desires, our personal agendas. Man, is that hard. Why'd he have to say that? It's hard. Abandon it all into the lordship of the Holy Spirit. I'm through. Um, I'm just going to lead us in a few songs. Uh, maybe it's just, uh, maybe this is the time, as I said, just an overview of the Holy Spirit. We're going to dig deeper. There are times I'm going to step on your toes. There are times I'm going to step on my toes. There are, we're going to dig and see where the Holy Spirit takes us. The Holy Spirit he is just as much a person as God the Father and Jesus Christ. Is. Maybe this is just a time to just for you to once again say, okay, Holy Spirit, here I am. Take all of me. 
whether there's something that you're dealing with today and you need to bring it to the altar, that's between you and God, or whether this is just going to be a, another a day to where we just say, okay, God, here we go. I open up myself to you, and whatever it is you want to speak to me about, whatever it is you want to talk to me about through the pastor or through your word in the coming days starting today, Lord, here I am. But do you realize that if a church gets a hold of the Holy Spirit, what will happen? <laughs> Got a hold of the church on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls were added in one day. What kind of church do you want to be a part of? Stephanie has often said down through the years, she said, I want to be a church that is on the move for God. I want to be a part of a church that does exciting things for God. I don't want to be a part of a stagnant, dead, dying church when I say amen to that. But that will not happen if we don't yield to the Holy Spirit's control. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Thank you for being real. Thank you for who you are. Yes, God. Lord, if there's anyone here as we sing just a few lines of a song, if there's anyone here, Father, that realizes they need to yield, there's something in their life. Lord, you've already pinpointed in their life. Would they allow you to get it behind the wheel and take control? Or Lord, just for others, it's just reaffirming they truly want to live under the Lordship of you, Holy Spirit. Lord, may this message just remind us that every day, Holy Spirit, you're speaking to us. You want to lead us. You want to guide us. You want to speak to us. And would we just get out of the way? Surrender our wills. Surrender our desires. Surrender what we see as a perceived right to react (laughs) in a way that might not be real holy. Oh, God, help us. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the message. Thank you for the power. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're just as strong today as you were 2,000 years ago when you visited that upper room. May we be a church that patterns ourselves after the leading of the Holy Spirit. We love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please?